Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I'm your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening and also thank the contributors to this show, who are executive producers Candice Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Joseph Sinkavi, author of How to Kiss the Universe, and Ms. Aida, a author of A List of Demonic Names, a pocket guide to the paranormal investigator, Exorcist, Psychic, and Metaphysical Practitioner. Monthly co-host, Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. And this episode is being sponsored by Ginger Glasser. And you can find Ginger at tarotbyginger.com. And I highly recommend checking her out. If you have any questions about your future or want to make uh, decisions and know the energies surrounding them, or if you just want a reading for fun, you can find her at tarotbyginger.com. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is Ginger Glasser. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Hi, Gary. <laughs> How are you? I'm pretty good. Good. Um, so, I, you know, obviously people don't know what time it is because it's pre-recorded, but it's like 6 a.m. in the morning. And, <laughs> and when I woke up, I was like, what am I going to talk about? And I was but in the morning, my head's a little bit more clear, so things will come to me, you know. And uh-huh. you know, we, a lot of times we talk about like the myth the method of, of what tarot reading, channeling, and mediumship, and, and and stuff like that. But what I was thinking about this morning was the reason why why do it, you know, like why look at the tarot and look at the things that are surrounding a situation or a question. Why channel information? Why use mediumship to contact people on the other side or spirits from the other side? You know, you know the reason, I don't know. Like, and, and I, I thought that would maybe be an interesting topic, a different way to look I, at things. I think that is an interesting topic. That's a good question. And it's something as a tarot reader and as someone who posts videos on YouTube, I, I ask myself that all the time. Why are people, why are people flocking to these videos? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people have 400,000 subscribers to their tarot channel. And I'm, I'm like, that's just crazy to me. And, it's because people want to know. We want to know. Am I going to be okay? Um, what's going to happen? Uh, will I find that person that I'll fall in love with and will get married? You know, will I have a good life? Um, you know, those are the questions. And so I watch, uh, I watch other readers and, um, frankly, for me, um, I just kind of get tired of watching tarot on YouTube. I'm like, mm-hmm. this, this gets old pretty quick. But the other thing is with not just with tarot, but with divination um, and channeling and mediumship, especially when the archangelic realms show up, you're going to pay attention. You're not going to ignore that. So we know that there's something out there. We know that it's not just us. We're not alone. Um, there are forces conspiring in our favor. 
Um, and with mediumship, um, you know, you can't ignore it when uh, a loved one, you feel their presence, you smell their perfume, mm-hmm. um, the tobacco they used to smoke, uh, the food they used to make for you. Um, you can't ignore that. And so it's just knowing that, recognizing that it's not just us, that there is something more than what we see around us. And, um, you know, we were talking earlier about creating our own reality, and I never really thought about that until I got into this work. Um, it's only been about five years I've been doing this professionally, but um, all my life I've had experiences of angels around me, um, people who've passed over, um, some spirits that weren't real didn't make me real happy uh, to be around. And, um, you know, I always wondered, what was that about? And I never thought that I was the only one who ever experienced these things. Um, I think because my mother was uh, a person who always told me that God loves us mm-hmm. um, and that God was around. Uh, my father, I found out after he died, was very psychic. And so we were open to these things. I always thought that people just, if they, you you know, one day I saw an angel, it's like, well, I figure everybody sees this stuff. I never really talked about it. But I, you know, we know it's out there. We experience it. And that's why we're interested in it because we need help. You know, we can make um, a mess of our lives or we can take our lives and do positive things. You know, that's something we have a choice in. You know, that's that's what I think about it. Mm-hmm. That can be a hard thing to do sometimes, especially in a world with so much negativity. I find it even difficult for myself to, like, direct my energy towards something that's positive. You know, I start feeling, I don't know, negative or whatever. And mm-hmm. and even with this podcast and, and talking to so many people that believe in divine inspiration, inspiration and, you know, God and spirits and archangels – you know, it still feels like chaos to me sometimes. It is chaotic. Life is chaotic. The world, the universe is chaotic. I mean, um, it really is. And I just, I, I, I put myself, I align myself with people who are positive. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. And that's a choice. I realized, um, you know, I grew up in a home that was pretty dysfunctional. And I recognized at some point in my life that I was dysfunctional. And um, so I started looking at my relationships and my patterns and uh, what I was attracting. And what I was attracting was what uh, I experienced in my childhood because it was familiar. So I started changing that. And I started aligning myself with people who were positive. And um, people, when they were having problems, um, sought guidance, whether it was through therapy or uh, reading a self-help book, because they helped some people. They never really, I never really took to them, but some people get information that's helpful to them. Um, You know what? For people like you and me, we um, receive information from the divine because we're psychic. Mm -hmm. So we get our hope and our encouragement from those 
forces. Mm-hmm. I think that's you know why people are interested in tarot because we know those forces are out there and those forces speak directly to people like you and me because we're open to it. Yeah. I and know, um, yeah. yeah. Like I know for the tarot for me, um, I don't know. I, I, it was just something I, I was able to do as a child. It was, that's how it started for me. There was no calling or there was no purpose. It was just something I was curious about and started doing. Mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting because I never, um, tarot cards never came up for, uh, in my circle mm-hmm. growing up. Um, but there were other things, you know, like um, there were ghosts in my house or, um, you know, seeing an angel when I was four. That was pretty low. What was that uh, like? Um, you know, I was four years old mm-hmm. and... I um I would have always been an early riser and I got up on a Saturday morning and I went I love nature and I went out um I grew up on Long Island on the South Shore which is near the Great South Bay we were on the Great South Bay and um so the area near my house uh was swampy so there was a lot of um uh, a lot of uh, bullfrogs and all kinds of animals and things. And so I went out and I sat by the stream near my house and I was watching this gigantic bullfrog. I remember and all of a sudden the world went away and there was this huge white angel, gigantic. And I, now I know it was the angel Gabriel, but the angel was just there. And I felt like it wrapped its arms around me and I was at complete peace and I knew what love, unconditional love felt like. And, uh, we were there for about two minutes and then the angel went away and I went home and I never told anybody, but I always knew that that Gabriel and I'm pretty sure Archangel Michael were always around me throughout my life. Um, keeping an eye on me because I could get into trouble when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it was just the most incredible experience. And I never told anybody because I just thought it was something that happened to everybody. Mm. I just, you know, I never told my mother, you know, or anything. So, um, you know, so and even today I channel Gabriel and Michael sometimes and um, they're the most pronounced they have a lot to say, so, um, but we have that connection, mm-hmm. and um, that you know, that's you know, an answer to you know the tarot. I just picked somebody handed me a deck of cards at work one day, and said, "Here, you might like these," and I haven't put them down since, you know. And I didn't know anything about it. I read them for years before knowing anything about them. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that I had spirit guides. I didn't know anything about, I didn't know what that was. I knew they were there, but I didn't know, oh, these are your spirit guides. I didn't know that. Um, so I started reading them and I went to go buy a book and I heard, I heard, I'm very clear audience. I heard, don't buy a book. Don't buy a book yet. Just use the cards. And so I continued to do that. And then um, one day, I asked, I said, can I buy a book now? Cause I really want to do this professionally. And I heard, yes, go ahead. And I just gave myself a crash course in tarot. 
I mean, my family were like, oh my, I was like <laughs> focused on learning what these cards meant. Right. Uh, because it gave it another dimension. You know, I was reading them intuitively. But I find it interesting that people pick them up as teenagers. Yeah, you know? I, I was, geez, I think I was like around nine when I. That's amazing. But did somebody in your family read them or? Well, my parents had taken me. Um, my mom was originally from like Shemokin, Pennsylvania. And anyway, we went to go visit her family when I was a little kid. And I guess she had an aunt that, that read tarot cards. So I remember like the aunt reading them oh. for my mom. Wow. And afterwards, I was like, wow, that's really cool, Mom. I wanted a deck for myself. And she got them for me for Christmas. Oh, nice. Wow. Do you remember what the deck was? It was not the Rider Waite. It was like the almost like the Italian version of the original tarot, you know, because it didn't have the pictures on the minor cards. It just had okay. the pictures on uh -huh. the major cards, and then the minor cards just had the staves and the Right. Um, like the Marseille deck like or that. something. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, pretty cool. So, how did did it help you as you were reading? Did you get did you feel like uh, a connection occurred when you picked up the cards and started using them? Did uh, you notice? I was so young that I don't think I knew what a connection was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And even as an adult now, you know, sometimes I don't even think of it as a connection. Like I woke up this morning, this topic came to me, you know, and and that's it. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't know if that part of my problem sometimes like to me it's like oh I just had this idea so I'm going to take credit for it you know mm -hmm. rather than being like where did this idea come from right well that's okay because um, it is your idea you know we do have a mind and it is um, you know that's the beauty of it is that uh, we we are co-creating with God all the time and and um if you listen to uh, Cryon or other channelers, we are God. Mm -hmm. You know, we are God uh, just in a human body. You know, we have our spirit and that's that's God. When I go into channeling, my uh, Daniel, Reverend Newsom says, I open now to the part of myself, which is God. And then we start channeling, you know, so you can take credit for it, Gary. It's okay. <laughs> we you know but i think what happens though is sometimes that creates a block what it does for me is if i take credit for it my ego steps in yes and, and that creates a block mm -hmm. and also when my ego steps in um i don't know i, I close myself off to other options i believe yeah, absolutely. That's a good, very good point. Um, yeah, that's how I know um, what I'm doing is authentic. Uh, because when I first started to do this professionally, my ego would get involved with doing tarot readings. It would, my ego would get involved, and um, and I real, I I could see it. I could feel it in my body. I could see it uh, in. Um, my responses to people because I became less compassionate. I noticed I became less compassionate. Yes. And um, so um, I said, oh, look at that. You know, I'd observe, oh, look at that. Look at, look at that. Your ego's all in there, isn't it? So I, um, you know what I do? I just say, thank you. Mm -hmm. When I get, when I'm inspired that way, I just say, thank you. Thank you. And, um, 
I know that I'm, there's no ego when I'm really lost in what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So if I'm doing a tarot reading, I did a tarot reading last night for tourists to put on YouTube and I was definitely in the zone and all of a sudden a spirit guide showed up and, um, it was as, as though I was doing, actually, it was as though I, I was doing a mediumship reading because it was definitely a, a discarnate spirit, somebody who'd been human before it was a human, but it was a spirit guide for someone in the tourist group. Hmm. And maybe it's a guide for, to help the group, uh, the consciousness of tourists, because that's what I was, who I was reading for, um, but my ego was not involved. And that's how I know, because this stuff is very clear to me. Um, yeah, ego. So I, you know, I just say, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm in awe of what happens when my, I put my ego to the side. And, uh, it's amazing what comes in for us. That's why it's mm -hmm. easier for me in the morning because my ego hasn't turned on yet sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the body and everything else is awake but the ego is still asleep somewhere yes yeah i f kind of find that too and plus dur in the during the day you know when we're interacting with other people and uh if we have a demanding like people are putting demands on us all through the day in our work um if i get myself wrapped up in that that's my ego too then my attitude is not a very good attitude. So I have to remember to take a deep breath and just stay calm because whatever needs to be done will get done. Mm -hmm. um, and that's putting my ego aside. Right. Um, but we can get all wrapped up in that. You know, there are a lot of days where I don't, I forget to take that deep breath um, and put the ego aside. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really important. And I can see in um, others when they're in ego, you know, in this business, you know, we can all see it in each other. That person's really in their ego right mm -hmm. now, and they just don't recognize it yet. Yeah, it's um, weird because you don't see it when you're in it. Well, I don't. Right. Know. Right. I don't, I, you don't see it, but you can sense it. You know, you can sense it. Um, so, yeah, ego, getting the ego out of the way. Ego is necessary uh, for our survival. But otherwise, it, it um, is very difficult to control. And that's another reason why people go to tarot readers. And uh, because our ego will take us over. It will take us over. And it will take us places we never thought we'd go. Um, you know, in our relationships, jealousy, all those negative emotions come up because of ego. Because ego lives in fear. Ego ego. Uh, is nurtured by fear, you know, uh, that's what feeds the ego is fear and anxiety and all that. So, um, so we create these situations for ourselves. Hmm. Uh, you know, another thing, you know, I, I had a kind of a vision about this the other day. I was talking to my cousin and she was telling me how, cause she's, um, clairvoyant. And she said she was uh, talking to her neighbor. She lives in an apartment complex, like, and she said she was talking to a neighbor, this young girl. And she said, all of a sudden, I could see she, the girl had broken up with her boyfriend. And she was blaming her boyfriend for what was going on. And my cousin said, I could clearly see, like, the path that this girl had taken this guy 
on to prove that it that he was no good you know what i mean mm -hmm. and and i saw how we set these situations up for ourselves to because it's sort of um you know, when we experience trauma or pain that we don't deal with as children, we replay these over and over again in different ways throughout our lives because our ego um, thinks that it's acting as though it's protecting us, but it's not protecting us. It's creating these situations that we see over and over and over in our lives. And um, once we can recognize that, you know, um, we can work through that pain because we all come into adulthood with the, these childhood bruises. Some people have serious pain from childhood issues, but most of us, you know, come through with these little bruises and, and we act them out until we die, uh, to show that we were wronged and, uh, you need to make it right. I, I'm looking at my partner to make it right for me, to give me that unconditional love that I never got and was expecting. And um, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm talking about? And yeah. so we play these over and over and, and um, that's our ego. That's our ego. I wonder why we even have an ego. Cause I mean, I understand it's there to keep us alive, like in our physical bodies. Right. Survival. But I wonder why, it's so out of control. It's uh, what they uh, um, esoterically, I think is the word I want. Uh, that's what separates us from God. You know, that's the separation is the ego has come in. I'm trying to remember where, what I was reading about that. Um, maybe it's something I got from Archangel Gabriel but I saw, I think, it, oh, maybe Jesus. Uh, yeah, Jesus showed me how the separation happened, and it was the ego was born. The ego was born like we are. You had a somebody on your show. I can't remember her name, but I, I can look it up. Uh, I channeled uh, something from Jesus, and then... And Jesus was saying, we are like God birthed us and we're little sparks. And we, you know, mm -hmm. um, we weren't, the point wasn't to be separated from God. God wanted to see how we would create because God wanted to watch creation happening. And, um, and as soon, and God knew that if we came to earth, we would forget God. And, um, but we came to earth and we did. And the ego was what separated us. Uh, Gabriel said once that, um, I guess, uh, the fallen angels, uh, were what separated us from God, that they, um, that we followed them because they were here. I don't know. You had talked to a lot of people about this stuff I and mean. that, but I, I'm trying to get to the, where the ego came in and it came in at that time. Like we were okay. And then the fallen angels came in and started messing around, you know, and we started listening to them and you know, it's all mythology. You know, it's a lot of stories who really knows. 
Right. But, um, you know, the ego, ego is a big, a big challenge for everybody. You know, look at our, look at the state of the world. I mean, you know, uh, it's all about ego. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If there was no egos, we would be all together living as one. Yeah. We live separately and we have this illusion that one person is better than another. I have person. more power. Yeah. I have power over. People have power over. And, um, yeah, and that's, that's, um, something, you know, when, um, when you grow up in a, and I'm not the only one, when you grow up into, in a dysfunctional family, it's all about who has the power, mm -hmm. who's in control, who has the power. And if we can see that, um, we can, you know, as adults, we don't, we can, don't have to put ourselves in positions where people have power over us. Mm -hmm. Um, the only power someone would have over us is if we love them and they turned away from us, you know, because that's painful, but, um, you know, that means that it's not the right relationship. You know, that's what that tells me. It's, you know, you have to deal with the pain, get past it, you know, overcome it and find the one who does love you. But other than that, um, you know, it's what power does someone have over me? You know, um, and that's, uh, uh, a product of, uh, dysfunction. Hmm. Um, what was I going to say? Um, I forget. There was something else in there, but I don't remember. It's interesting. Oh, this woman that you had on your podcast. So I channeled this information from Jesus. And then I think it was the next morning. You had this woman on who was talking about God creates and uh, we're like little sparks. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just channeled that yesterday. Mm-hmm. So what I want to say is that um, we have this, you know, Young talked about a collective consciousness. Right. We have a collective consciousness because when I listen to other channelers or if an Aries listens to five different tarot readers, you're going to get the same information because they're all receiving the same information. Yeah. And um, I'm lately I'm getting a lot of vision. I'm having a lot of visions and a lot of downloads about how the future is going to look like. And it's incredible, but I see that people don't have to work because we have enough of everything and we don't have to work. And I see us sharing everything right? and um, that people who want to, um, uh, process food products. They do that because they love to do it and they don't do it in a manufacturing kind of way. It's like all local. It was, I've had some visions about that and, and, um, and it's not in the really far distant future. Wow. I get the feeling like the millennials. I feel it starts with the millennials because I had that vision. And then all of a sudden I heard, that's why the millennials don't need to show up at work on time because it's in their consciousness. They don't understand it, but it's in their consciousness that I don't need to work because we have enough. And um, it starts with that group of people, I think, where they find ways to get along. They work together. 
they don't so. see they don't see other people as other like the millennials are the first group who really i think um don't have in general in general issues with race or religion it's it's like great great you know you have you're catholic i'm i'm jewish you're christian you're buddhist you know it's like cool let's hang out you know they have that attitude so that's an the attitude that human consciousness needs to take on is we're all here together hmm. you don't need to fight about anything or control anything so you hmm. think that we're the last of the warring generations i'm hoping but I don't know, you know, because people are, you know, influenced by their parents, you know, so, um, and, you know, yeah, so, but I think that's where it begins. It begins, that change begins there with that generation. What always scares me about that, though, is I hope it doesn't take some type of bad calamity or extinction event to bring people together. No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think we're going to experience an Armageddon because I, I also feel that fear. Um, I feel the consciousness of that fear. Mm -hmm. Um, but that I don't see that happening. Well, look at right now what's happening in Ukraine. For them, it's an Armageddon. Um, for some people, for groups of people, COVID was their Armageddon because they lost family members. They lost the breadwinners of their families. They lost, and they weren't able to be with them when they died, right? That's an, a form of Armageddon. When 9-11 happened, that's a form of Armageddon. Uh, but they're just on smaller scales. And I think that these events make most of us say, what on earth is going on with us, you know? Um What's happening in our environment, the pollution, uh, the destruction of the environment, the greed uh, with which we take oil and do fracting and all of that. That's what are we doing? You know, and I think people are beginning to see that. I think things will begin to change and governments will change. Some of it, though, is we're just being forced into it because we know if we don't do it, it's going to be an extinction event and it'll be caused right. by us. So, you know, right. it's out of necessity in some ways. What is? What do you think is out of necessity? Um, switching over to better ways of survival. You oh, know, right. Growing our own food, right. not using fossil fuel, mm -hmm. not uh, moving away from spiritual. Solar power. Yeah, solar power. Moving away from corporate greed and becoming more cooperative rather than being ruled by corporations. Um, Look at the a number of entrepreneurs in the world today. You know, that's another thing. It's not, they're not big corporations. They're entrepreneurs like you and I, mm -hmm. you know, we have, we, our business may be part-time, but we do have our own businesses and um, they're not really, you know, ruining the environment. No. But um, people, people do say that solar panels are really, detrimental to the environment when they're abandoned. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really know a lot about that. It's maybe true. I don't know. But um, we, I'm sure we could come up with something better. Look at the, uh, I, can, I am so, I'm always complaining about all the wires in my house 
just because of the work I do. Mm -hmm. All of these wires everywhere, everything should be wireless. Well, crystal grid, right? That's what I think about the crystal grid. There has to be a way. Why don't we know this? I mean, it can't be where, you know, human beings are really intelligent Mm -hmm. and we've come a long way with technology. Um, I think of crystal grids. Yeah, one of the things about the crystalline grids too is I wonder if humans had that technology before. You know, that's why the the pyramids exist, the obelisks, all these, Uh um, are you know things that we found from ancient societies that we don't know what they were used for. Like, were they a power source? Do we once exist as the way that we're you and I are talking about without ego and cooperative before, and somehow Mm -hmm. we forgot. I'm, I think I ha- I have a feeling it's true. Me too. I have a feeling. And I wonder if, um, you know, is anybody experimenting with that? You know, I haven't even thought to look it up. But I wonder if anybody's experimenting with that. Um, I have no idea. But I just feel like there has to be another way um, that we get power. I mean, if we can use the sun... There, I'm sure there are other things in our environment that create power for us. Um, I just, you know, just makes sense. Just makes sense to me. Right. Actually, yeah. you know, if we subscribe to the vibration and energy model, everything is energy. You know, vibration mm-hmm. and vibration. Mm-hmm. That means that we have access to unlimited energy. We just are not using it right right yeah because without uh, our own personal vibration and energy our heart wouldn't beat right. right our heart wouldn't beat so um yeah that's something you'll have to get someone on your show to talk about that i think hmm. yeah that just, would be really interesting yeah i just sort of just thought of that because yeah know, i we, think that's Write that down. That would be a great subject. If everything is energy, then why do we have to use outside energy? Right. Why do we need to all these plants and everything? Yep. Like maybe we could even do with our own minds. You know? I'll tell you what. The mind is a powerful thing, but, you know, the mind can take us places, you know? Um, Let me – that's an interesting thing that you say uh, and talking about being uh, negative thoughts Mm -hmm. and all of that. The mind is very, very powerful. Um, You you used to – I know that you used to meditate every day. Yeah. And um, I used to meditate um, 30 minutes every day. Mm -hmm. And um, I meditate now every day. For 15 minutes, I, you know, I do my process, 15 minutes minimum. And that's how I master my ego. And I can use my mind for good that way. Um, It takes a lot of work and a lot of practice and a lot of determination. Why is it that we'll do something that is really good for us and it makes us feel great? Uh, we go to the gym, we meditate, whatever it is that we're doing, um, and then we just stop. Do you oh, ever notice that yeah. about yeah. people? You know, we do some, we'll do something for years, and then some, and then we stop. And what is it? What is it that makes us stop? I wonder. Is it a new relationship? Is it a new job? 
Is it a distraction? What is distracting us from doing that thing that is really good for us? Um, so that's how we master the mind. And I'm in awe of people like my channeling teacher and um, other people I know who have been doing what they do for 30 years or more. Mm. I mean, it's what they do. And I'm in awe of that because that's unusual. You know, um, it's unusual to see people doing that uh, in, in this line of work, you know. Um, so it's not easy because we're easily distracted. Um, from our, you know, where it's easy to just, especially today with all of the technology that we have, mm -hmm. we're distracted, so distracted. And, um, but I think that we could use our mind. I mean, telepathy, I, I experienced telepathy a lot with, uh, my cousins. I have a couple of cousins who I know when, uh, they're thinking about me or, um, something's going on with them and I'll call them or they'll call me out of the blue and say, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, I knew you were going to call, hmm. you know? Um, so the mind is a very powerful thing for sure. Yes. All right. So you got to have somebody on your show to talk <laughs> about that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, it, it is like, and I'm not talking about like the power of positive thinking either. You know, it's, it's the power to do things, other things with it. Yeah. Like, like, like can we generate electricity with our mind? People can, can um, bend bend forks and spoons mm -hmm. and knives with their minds. Yeah. I've tried yeah, to get so. Yuri Geller on, actually, the guy who bends the spoons. Does he? Yeah. That would be really interesting. Yeah. He won't come on, though. He won't. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> there are other people who do that. I'll, I'll, I'll get some names for you because I've seen them recently. Um online and i think they're they may be accessible so oh, cool yeah i mean and you know it would be interesting also to to find out about the crystalline grid or, or using crystals mm -hmm. um because you know we use crystals in all kinds of things right uh and all in technology and our watches and so um that would be interesting to learn about i i do know that um Crystals are very, very powerful mm -hmm. and they're very subtle. Um, I was cataloging the crystals that I have here. I don't have a, I have a lot of crystals, but they're small. And I'm like, well, I, I, um, I experiment with them and, you know, do these things really work for me? Do they really have an effect? And I have found that they really do. And that even just by wearing certain jewelry that have, like I have a turquoise ring. Mm -hmm. um, I can wear a garnet or, you know, there are a whole bunch of different crystals. And how do they affect me? And I noticed that whatever their properties are metaphysically, I noticed that uh, a subtle energy coming through to me during that the day when I'm wearing that crystal. And... So they're very powerful, but they're very subtle. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we're wearing jewelry all the time, all these gemstones and that. And I think it would be interesting if people paid attention to their lives when they're wearing certain crystals. What's happening to me? What happened? To, what was going on for me that day? Was I more calm than I usually was? 
Was I feeling connected to Mother Earth or to the divine? Um, how was I feeling? Because I, I noticed that with crystals, uh, some of them, I can really uh, be floating in the ethers in a big way. Mm -hmm. uh, angelite is one of those. Um, serpentine is another one. Um, I have a lot of crystals that I use when I'm channeling, and it just makes it so much easier to go to those realms and connect. Um, I have... I have um, one as astrophilite, I think it's called, and it's supposed to help you connect to ETs. Mm -hmm. And um, I haven't used that yet because although I have been in connection with some ETs, um, I'm not sure I re I'm ready to go there yet. Interesting. Because I have other work to do, I think. I've done some episodes on crystals, and one of the things that I learned that I find really found interesting is um, the reason we wear jewelry is with originally was not for the aesthetic look. We mm -hmm. wore the jewelry to use to harness the, to use the energy of the crystals. Originally, jewelry was a healing oh, modality. Okay. It was not a fashion statement. Okay, okay. Well, that makes sense to me. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not for adornment or to beautify, but to connect with mm -hmm. to help us yeah, to help, help, help us heal to help use the energy of the of the crystals and of the earth and all the vibration that you have access to through the crystals yeah so that com makes complete sense to me this is a something that i just started looking at because i've noticed i've been experimenting with them when i channel um what you know does this really work does this does angelite really connect me to that realm um, when I have Jasper around him, I'm more connected to Mother Earth. Um, also, uh, so there's a difference in my energy field. In, the, uh, in this work, when you do channeling or mediumship, you're expanding your energy field to allow another being to enter, right? So you have to meet their vibration. Um, so if I'm going to channel, I expand my energy field out to about eight feet so that I can meet uh, and an angel would come and lower their vibration so that we can meet, right? Mm -hmm. uh, same thing with mediumship, only it's a different, it's a much lower frequency. It's not as expansive. Um, and um, so anyway, these different crystals have different frequencies and yeah. vibrations and so that makes sense to me because if i want to go up to the higher realms i hold one type of crystal if i and they vibrate at a higher because i i got this really cool book that tells me what number it vibrates at and things like that and so i'm noticing that those higher those angelic realm crystals vibrate at a higher vibration mm. that's what i'm trying to say and if i'm doing mediumship i'll want to use one with a lower vibration yeah I used crystals to quit smoking. Did you? I did. Wow. Yeah, I used hematite. And I would just uh -huh. keep two of them in my pocket. Like whenever I got the urge to, to smoke, I will just hold them in my hand really tight. And it was something about hematite, too. It was like when the two would kind of clank together. Uh-huh. You know, I could like almost feel it in my whole body. Wow. And then like, and I, would, I would try to focus like that, that urge of smoking, that negative energy. Yes. Into them. And, you know, and I 
said like once I get over it, I would just toss them. And when I tossed them, like the desire to smoke would also go away with them. Wow, that's cool. Did you, how did you come across that method? I didn't. I just thought it would be a good idea. It was like one of those things that just came to me. One of those inspirational thoughts. Yeah. Let's try this. Yeah. And wow, it worked. Really cool. I, mean, I mean, quitting cigarettes was horrible. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it, was, it was really, it was, it was, it was tough, you know, but that, that's how I did it, you know? Yeah. Quitting smoking is really real. And it does bring up a lot of negative emotions uh, because it's, uh, it's a screen, a smoke screen, right? It's mm-hmm. a screen for us. So there's a lot of um, uncomfortable, very uncomfortable feelings with that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the and the um, the addiction to nicotine is so powerful. I mean, it's just constantly there, saying, you know, con- you know, you want more. It's just constantly calling you. Yeah. And that doesn't go away for quite a while. So, congratulations on that. That's pretty uh, powerful. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Now, now my only crutch is coffee. But I have no desire to quit coffee. Now me either. Coffee's good stuff. Um, actually, Saint Germain loves coffee. Saint Germain loves coffee. So he's my favorite saint. Is he? Yeah, he's. I don't know why they call him a saint. I don't know. Either, <laughs> he certainly right? was not a saint. <laughs> I, I, I think that's why I like him because he's kind of a partier. <laughs> he is. He really. He is a really cool. He's an amazing guy. He's a partier who has boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like we have fun. But there is a boundary, and um, when it's time to get serious, we get serious. And, um, yeah, he's very, very a beautiful energy. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. if, there's, if there's one saint or, I mean, whatever he is, he's the one that I definitely connect with the most. Yeah, he, I, well, he's, he is uh, the... Um, the ascended master, I would say, of humanity, because he's here for us. He is like dead. That's his what he's dedicated to. One of the interesting us. stories I found about him is that, you know, they say that he appear in human form at different times as different people. Right. You know, and there's rumors that he had shown up as like Sir Francis Bacon. Yeah. Um, and then there's also a story. I don't know where I read it. That he was. Help create the Declaration of Independence in the Constitution. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't doubt it. I bet you he was one of Ben Franklin's buddies. Possibly. <laughs> but also, he was also Christopher Columbus. Apparently, you know, mm-hmm. he was Christopher Columbus. Um, yes, he was a lot of uh, was in here during a lot of generations. Um, that was his ascension. So. Just imagine the power a human would have to uh, convince a queen to give you three three ships, you know? Powerful presence. Um, and Sir Francis Bacon. I had a... Uh, I looked into that to see all of the um, people he apparently was in his incarnations. And there's a list. It's incredible. Um, do you think he was Jesus? a famous Jesus? person? What's that? Do you think he was Jesus? No, 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 uh, no. Uh, he and Jesus. Um, so my 
my crew, the ones that I, my spirit guides that I uh, communicate with regularly are Jesus, Saint Germain, um, an ascended master named Hilarion, who was um, in his last lifetime was uh, Paul from the Apostle Paul, mm -hmm. uh, Paul of Tarsus. Um, Paul had to come back uh, another lifetime because he had people murdered, apparently, you know, when he was uh, persecuting people following Jesus, he had a lot of people killed, mm -hmm. came back as Hilarion. Hilarion was a healer at the Oracle of Delphi. And um, who else? Jesus, St. Germain, Hilarion, Gabriel, and Michael, Archangel Michael. So they're my my crew. So I know that uh, St. Germain and Jesus were not ever connected that way. Actually, Jesus uh, has told me that um, St. Germain is an older soul than he is. Wow. Uh, he has been an ascended master longer than, Je you know, he has been in that realm longer is what Jesus tells me. And um, so he looks up, you know, he looks up to St. Germain because <laughs> he's been he's been doing it a long, a longer period of time. But there that's my crew, my main group. Um, and uh, it's interesting because they all have a really good sense of humor. You know, every single one of them. And um, they're, you know, they bring through some pretty incredible information. So. Do you ever doubt anything that you're told? From them? No, I yeah, don't. No. no, you know, everything that they tell me um, is something. No, I don't doubt it. And it's always very loving. And. Um, it's loving and it's of a, it's of a, uh, the kind of vibration where you know it's, it's so that you know it's true. Um, I was thinking about that the other day. You know that a channeler is not in their ego when what they're bringing through is very loving. Um, as a student of channeling, um, I've experienced people bringing through messages that are not so loving. And that's okay. That's how we learn. Um, that's how we learn. We're not, we're in our ego because, or you're channeling, um, a being that is claiming to be someone they're not, right? That can happen to mm -hmm. channelers. Uh, so those are the kind of things you pay attention to. But no, I know that they're true. It, it's true. Um, I have listened to other channelers though, and things that they have said, I don't, believe is true but what i've been told by hilarion is that um don't discount uh as long as it's a loving message it may not ring true for you oh no it was saint germain who said it it may not ring true for you but it may for someone else it may make sense for someone else so you don't have to receive it as your truth but it can be someone else's truth and that opens my mind to, you know, humanity getting along. If something is not true for me, but it is for you, how are we going to get along? We get along by accepting that. It is a game of perception. Mm -hmm. yes, That's all yeah. it is. is yeah. I perceive something this way. You perceive something that way. Mm -hmm. 
Both has, are correct. Right. It's it's okay. Yes. Yes. What's true for me may not be true for you, but that's okay. Yeah. You know, we all have our truth, and it do, does it mean it's wrong? No. No, it means we're just standing in different spots. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Um. Yep. That. Yeah. That's that's what I got. So, I yeah I have um. And even, you know, not just channeling, but tarot, any form of divination, um, uh, when the messages that are coming through are not said with compassion and love, um, I, you got to question it, you know, because um, the, the entities, you know, you're doing divination work. It's not, uh, it's not your you know, you're, you're a co-creator, so you're doing divination work. And if it, it may not be good news, mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be said in a mean way. You, you know, know you, said, you just made me right. think of something like, when I, I, I do the same thing when I read tarot. I, I, I don't make it negative. I, mm -hmm. I present the information, you know, give people choices, things like that. But mm -hmm. I never say anything negative. But yet when it comes to my own self, my own life, why can't I apply that same principle? <laughs> I don't read tarot for myself because well, as soon as I turn the card over, I'm all in there. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm all in there and I'm like, oh. so I just don't do it for myself. Yeah, I don't I, do it for myself either. But I just wonder, like, why can't I apply that to my own life? Like, with everything. Like, Well, I kind of, I'm, you know, it's a practice. You have to, pra it's a, something you need to practice and it's not easy. It's easier to. You know, think about it. It's easier to fall into a negative habit than a make a positive change. Mm -hmm. It's much easier. Um, so it takes a lot of work and effort. And that's what self-love is about, finding that um, I want to make that effort for myself. You know, having that sense of I want to make that effort for myself. And um, when if you start, it starts with just practicing and then you realize, you know what? I like this. I want to do this for me. Mm. This is what I want to do for me. Uh, you know, you may not start out feeling that way. You, you may start out saying, I need to make a change. And I don't know what it is, but I got to make a change because um, I'm feeling really sick or whatever. And you start to make a change and it's really uncomfortable. But after a while, if you stick with it, you realize, wow, this feels really good. And then uh, that's how self-love opens up. Oh. And then I get distracted. <laughs> and then we get distracted, right? Then our ego distracts us because the ego is not in control when we're in self-love. Mm. Yeah. I imagine it's just it's the same. I'm, I guess all humans, I guess, experience this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think all people experience their connection to the divine? No. Or is it just certain people? And why I do you think, think most, it's only certain people, if so? I think most people don't. Um, I heard a statistic that um, uh, 80 something percent of the people have never had a direct experience of the divine in any way, shape, or form. Hmm. In a, in a survey, 80% of the people never had any experience of that. And, um, I was, I attended a church at one time, um, and I was teaching 
an adult Sunday school class. And I, the class was about, um, it was about sacred writings. And so I, I asked the group, I said, so who here has um, had um, a direct experience of God? And I expected everybody to say they had, because I knew that these were members of this church. Some of these people were members of this church since they were children and they were in their 60s. Nobody raised their hand. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, they. nobody raised their hand. And that just blew me away because I thought they all must have, because why would you attend a church? But they do it because they're being of service, and that's that's what their heart tells them they need to do. But uh, So if you figure that 80% of the people have never had a direct experience of God, uh, this was in the 90s, um, that means only 20% of the people have. And then of those 20%, it was only about 5% of people who regularly felt the connection with the divine. So, but I think that's, I think that's because people just don't open themselves to it. It doesn't occur to them uh, to open themselves to that. Um, and I don't think that people recognize, I mean, I went for years not recognizing that my intuition was my best friend until I looked back and I saw Oh, I told my boss, you know, you need to do this. You might want to do this before you go into that meeting. And my boss would come out and say, oh, thank you for telling me that. Thank you for suggesting that because that was the right thing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that's my, that's my psychic ability telling, giving, giving me information that's useful. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't realize that all the time. But now this kind of stuff, we're more open to it and people talk about it more. So people are more open to it. And I think maybe they're paying more attention to it in themselves. Mm-hmm. So, so do you think like this morning when I decided on the topic, mm-hmm. like it just came to me, was that something psychic? Was that divine? Yeah, I think, yes, I think it was the right, it was the right question to ask at the time. Hmm. I think it was the right question to ask at the time because it's a very important element of um, the information we receive. Is it my ego or is it, you know, is it my ego or is it St. Germain? You know, who is it? Uh, you can tell by the quality of the information. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I do tarot readings, um, you know, it's not, you know, I could get, you know, the devil and the tower mm-hmm. and uh, the three of swords. Does that mean your life is going to hell? No. Um, that, that, those, that combination of cards, if you're just reading the cards, may mean something that's not pleasant. But if I'm using divination, that could just be an old story. Who knows what it means, you know? Um, but it doesn't have to mean death and destruction in your life. Mm. It could have a completely different story. Maybe so I just don't like change. Maybe we don't like change. We see those cards, and those cards represent change more yes. than anything else. Yes. And I yes, think- and, a, and a big change. Yeah. A change. It's like a change where you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> You know, um, painful change, really uncomfortable. And that's, 
Well, it, yeah, they represent that. And it's also represents change that we should have done for ourselves way back when. Mm. <laughs> you know, and so the universe is saying, guess what? You know, you haven't done it yourself and I need you to go in this direction. I feel like those when those cards show up, it's telling the person you need, you, you know, the divine has uh, something you need to do. And since you haven't done what you were supposed to do back here by getting divorced because that person wasn't right for you, um, it's going to happen now because you have things to do in the future that are necessary. And does that mean that I think that God has God's finger on everybody's life? Not necessarily, but I think that certain things need to happen Um within soul families, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that that group can move forward. Mm. When I was younger, I found it impossible to believe that God would listen to my prayers because there's so many people in the world praying. And I was like, this isn't reasonable. And then, uh -huh. when, you know, starting doing this podcast, I started hearing a lot more about spirit guides and angels uh -huh. and... um extended masters and and all these other types of entities that are out there to assist us the soul families and, and even mm -hmm. just simply other people sometimes mm -hmm. you know um you know that, that makes a lot of sense to me that that we're that we could we have access to this other help like maybe there is some kind of grand consciousness at the heart of it uh -huh. but you know, to do the um, <clears throat> the routine stuff for us or to guide us mm -hmm. is is passed down in the hierarchy, and that makes sense to me. Yeah, the hierarchy. Hierarchy is, you know, that's it's interesting you say that word. That's an, an important word, I think. Um, but it's, you know, if uh, really if if um, so, Reverend Newsom says that we are here to change the patterning energy and consciousness of our lives. That's what we're here to do. Um, and how do we do that? We don't do that on our own. We do that by bringing it to God. I need to be transformed. Help me because um, energy is neither good nor bad. Uh, we call it negative and positive, but it's neither good nor bad. God says create. God doesn't care how we create. God wants us to create because you know what? We're going to learn something from that negative pattern. Mm -hmm. And we're here to experience. We're here to experience. How many times have you heard that? I hear it. We're not here so much Every to learn. Every podcast almost. Right? Except it's for not big so much that we're here to learn, but we're here to experience because that's why, you know, that's why we have these little sparks where ex God is experiencing through us. Um, hierarchy is important. Uh, you know, I, I kind of poo-pooed that for a long time, but in the angelic realms, hierarchy is very important mm -hmm. because it brings order. It's not that they have power over, they have power of certain nuances of, of life. Yeah. of our lives and of, of the cosmos, I feel, you know, um, um, also that's bringing up 
like Ar- the Arcturian Council, um, the Pleiadians, uh, do they work with angels? Absolutely. You know, uh, are they angels? N- no, because apparently they used to be us. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, uh, they're not angels, but they are evolved enough to be in the cosmos uh, and to bring us and to nudge us in certain directions. Mm. Do they, do you, how important is it to ask for help from these beings? Like, are they more willing to help us when we open ourselves up and ask for help? Or are they there like no matter what? Are they, and we're just not listening. They're there and they, you know, they, I have the feeling that, you know, I have the feeling that they're nudging humankind in general. Um, but you know, we have, we're, we have free will. So we have, we have to be open. They can't force us to do anything. Um, I think the fact that, um, humanity is more open to this kind of stuff is a sign that, uh, people's free will is being nudged in a certain direction mm. it's a nudging <laughs> you I know so too. I, I although like when i become willing and ask for help obviously i become more receptive because i'm asking for it but if i'm not asking for it then i have to you know hopefully have those moments of clarity to see it who um what human <laughs> do you know that has never had a dark night of the soul and cried out for help. Mm. You know, I mean, I don't, every, every human, <laughs> unless they're, um, and even, and even if they are, uh, somewhat insane and off balance, they have to ask. I mean, I think it's our nature. It's kind of built in. Ask, you know, we ask for help. It's our, how we survive. Help me because I'm dying, you know. So, um, so isn't that interesting? <laughs> it is. It is. It takes a lot of suffering for me to ask for help, though. For a know. lot of us, yeah. For a, for a, I mean, I I talk to so many people who say, you know, I I don't like to ask for help, yet we're will so willing to to help, right? That's what the uh, Six of Pentacles is about for me. That's the card of the person holding, you know, the scales and the two beggars. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really a card about give and take. And it's so much easier to be on the giving end of that. Mm-hmm. But under the underlying message of that card is that person's giving generously because they know they could be those beggars tomorrow, you know, um, so everybody needs help at some point in their lives. So um, uh, it, it's an interesting uh, thing. I never really thought about that, asking for help. And, uh, you know, it's sort of programmed into us. We, we need help. Our ego, my ego has gotten me into a really bad jam here. And I feel like I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. So every, you know, the foxhole prayer, right? Um and that's when um, all of these entities can come and help. Even our guardian angels, which we do have, um, they can't help us. They can only stand by. That's why there's so many jokes on 
Facebook or Instagram about our, you know, what our guardian angels look like because we've done it again, you know, and they're like holding their head in their hands, like, oh my God, I'm right here. Ask me for help, you know? Sometimes I wonder, like, mine's just like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Really? Really? How many times oh God, you, how many times you going to do this? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, so anyway, I was talking about, you know, changing our consciousness, energy, and patterning. Uh, yeah, when things get bad, that's when we ask for help. And that's what changing our consciousness, energy, and patterning is, is um, on a daily basis, uh, I sit down in meditation for a minimum of 15 minutes, and um, I kind of look at the day before. I look at the day before, what happened the day before that I wasn't real happy with about myself. Mm-hmm. Or maybe um, I had a bad attitude and I didn't really know why. Um, I bring that to God and I ask to be transformed. And at some point that day, it will come to me. Oh, I have bad, had a bad attitude because I didn't get what I wanted uh, in a certain situation. And I didn't see it until I brought it up. Because most of that stuff we push aside. You know, we don't want to look at that. Right. But but that's how we can really have lasting change by being willing to do that. Awesome. So, so I assume that you probably have to go to work soon. <laughs> I do. I do. It's work time. It's work time. And uh, I want to thank you for being on. And before thank we wrap you. it up, where's the best place for my listeners to find you? Yeah, my website is tarotbyginger.com. And I'm on YouTube at, at tarotbyginger. That's my handle on YouTube. Awesome. So Facebook, I'm on Facebook and Instagram also. So easy to find. Great. Thank you, Gary. You're welcome. And the links will be in the notes of this episode. Thanks. And also pretty much at the end of every at the beginning of every episode to get to hear me talk about you. Yes. Thank <laughs> you very much. <laughs> thank you. It was a pleasure having you. And hang on for Great. one moment. I'll just play the outro. Okay. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or message him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the cost of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of this page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. You can also buy the book Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on film that you'll ever need. You can find it on Amazon and it will change your life. Because remember, everything that it says was first imagined. Love what you listen to today. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Again, thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable 2020.